Hello, world. Welcome to the Speed Strength Show. I'm Tommy. I'm Christian. And what do you think the biggest animal you could fight to the death and win would be? Oh. The first thing that actually pops into my mind is I remember James, when he was asking everybody if you think you could beat a wolf in a fight one-on-one. Oh, absolutely one -on -one. not. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like, that's a, that's a big animal. And they're not – I get one-on-one, -on -one, but they're often pack animals. The biggest – and I gotta preface this: you're gonna be bare hands. No, like you can't have weapons. Like, oh, I figured. You, mono a mono. Yeah, I figured that would be the case. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of like what's the, like the biggest, docile creature. Because I mean, there's some small animals, but they're like pretty feisty. And I don't know if you'd want like. Like a Komodo dragon is smaller than you. I wouldn't fight a Komodo dragon. Oh, they're pretty big though. Like that's not a small animal. No, but I mean, like stature-wise, oh, like stature they're low to the ground. Like you, you probably have some. Well, maybe I don't know. I'm not a Komodo dragon expert by any means, but like they're they're big, but they're not. It's not like a hippo, where like the hippo oh, towers yeah. over you. It's ten times your weight, probably more. Like no chance of beating a hippo, but there's some smaller creatures than us physically that are probably better equipped to win a 1v1 oh we're useless we don't have any claws like yeah. there's nothing like that man i don't know is there an animal that's like actually physically larger than us that we could oh nothing I... honestly any animal that's bigger than us we're done yeah like, i know even no, no matter how docile it is because i <sighs> think about like a cow I feel like if an angry cow wanted to hurt you, you're done. You're toast. There's yeah, no way. like it's it's got the mass, it's got the size. It probably runs faster than you, like runs faster than you, like everything. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, isn't there like a giant breed of rabbit that's like 135 pounds? <laughs> like in the Amazon somewhere, like gi giant rainforest rabbits. I think I forget the name, but there's like large rabbits, but then I would feel bad like in a 1v1 fight against like 145, like 145 pound Easter bunny. Like, I don't think I could do it. Like, <laughs> I, I don't you think would I die at the same time. Like, you're I, just like, I can't handle this. Like, I don't think I could actually fight a defenseless creature like that. I think for me, I draw the line of like something that's like medium dog sized, probably the absolute biggest. Yeah, like probably a 40 a... pound medium sized animal is probably the absolute biggest thing that you'd ever stand a chance. Uh, maybe a, like a hundred pound, like a, a larger. There's some dogs that are like 80 or 90 pounds that are. You could probably deal with it. But again, I don't know if I could do that to a dog. Like, oh, uh, no. But yeah, it's probably but... somewhere in that range. Like, I'm trying to think, like, how big is a bobcat? Maybe oh. a bobcat. But I feel like cats are more vicious than dogs. That is true. Cats like, are I feel like cat, cats have more at their disposal. Like dogs, dogs don't really have claws. No, but I've seen a lot of those canine videos of like cops training police canines. Terrifying. Do you know how scary it would be to be the person in that when they put you in that suit? 
and then they just let the dog and just let the dogs after you. Like that would be, that'd be terrifying. No amount of suit would make me feel safe. No, like, and they just let like all these like police trained German shepherds just have at you, <laughs> and you're like, oh, thanks. Like best uh, job ever, though. Can you imagine that conversation of what do you do for work? Oh, I let German shepherds attack me all day. Well, I think it's like the actual like police dog trainers. Is it the actual? Like, I, think they, like... I think they just take turns. Probably they draw straws at the start of the day, and the shortest straw, you you're in the suit. Have fun. Yeah, every morning. There's the one guy who's gotten the short straw like two weeks in a row. And he's like, guys, I'm done with this. I'm not getting in suit again. Yeah, I, I think I would have to probably agree with that. I can't think of a like larger animal than us in terms of mass that if, like you said, if it really got angry, it could, like, you, you don't have a chance. We don't have enough at our disposal. There's a reason why we survived with as long as we have with tools and our minds and working as groups and teams and things like that, we're, we're not, we're not one V one creatures by any means. Oh no. Even thinking of like a small deer, I don't think I would be able to beat. Like the, yeah. Like it's got horns. It's got ant, like it horns just, got they, hooves. Yeah. They got way more at their disposal that we don't have. We're mediocrely athletic at best. At best. That's pushing it. Mediocre is a compliment for us. Yeah. Well, I feel like relative to the animal kingdom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, you got like little frogs that can jump like 90 times their body length. Dude, I've seen some of these animals clear like a six, like I've seen deer clear six foot fences. Yeah. We can barely standing long jump our height and a half. Most people. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, we're not impressive at all. Yeah, so I'm thinking like coyote-sized, medium dog, fast. Coyote, you could you could probably beat a coyote one v one. Oh, I'd be hurting though. Yeah, I mean if it got, but like I, I think coyote, a wolf would be pushing it. Oh, absolutely not. No Maybe way. Maybe a dingo is a dingo bigger than a uh, coyote? I think dingoes are smaller than coyotes. Or they're maybe okay. like an Aussie coyote. There's a coyote with an accent. <laughs> an upside down coyote. Yeah, they just bark with an Australian accent. Yeah, like I yeah I don't know, or like a hyena. I think they're smaller, aren't they? I don't know, man. They fight lions and shit. I know. Well, I mean, we we might be skewed because our vision of hyenas are <laughs> the Lion King, and we think of these them as these like terrifying evil creatures because they were the they bad guys. Be small. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah, but I think you're probably right about that because yeah, anything that's bigger than us, we have no chance. Because I think mass-wise, they just, they, just, they'd make sure we didn't win. Oh, they're so much faster, so much stronger. And I don't know every animal like, has some sort of teeth. Yeah, how would we damage them? Like, I'm gonna like, you know, punch a crocodile. It's got like, I'd probably break my hand if I did that. Hey man, I've seen crocodiles on deer asses and graders. That's so you true. Can do maybe it. it dep- maybe it depends on the person. I mean, it obviously does depend on the person, but there are probably people that could tame and wrangle some animals that have no business being able to do that. Size is definitely big. Like, we're not big dudes. But, like, let's make you, like, who's the guy from the Game of Thrones, the mountain? Oh, if I was, like, 400 pounds? He could wrangle some big animals. Oh, yeah. 
possibly no but i'm even thinking of like the shit like the shiftiness like if you know what you're doing like like i said i would i ever get into a closed area with a crocodile absolutely not but there are people that do it and they done crocodile has no chance you know they got they're gonna do that every day at some sort of zoo yeah so there are probably people like that who would have a better idea of what to do because they'd be like oh yeah like uh I think what is it like crocodiles can close their mouth with like tremendous pressure, but they can't open it. So yeah, I think you, you put, just, like, hold it shut with your hand. Yeah, I think like if you just have your hand on their snout, they can't open their jaw. Like they're not strong enough to to break that. So it's like if you know that, then it's like, oh, okay. But now what do you do? Like I wouldn't like now I'm sitting on top of this crocodile and go, I better not let go of its snout or I'm gonna get eaten. <laughs> but now what? Just gotta hold its jaw forever. Yeah, that's this is my Until life. Until you now. win, hope that I can like what outlast it. Battle of attrition, man. Yeah, just I won't be dehydrated before you get too dehydrated. What's those stories of? I forget. There's a I saw this documentary was talking about certain tribes that will run animals to death. Yeah, because like they sweat. run at a speed so they can't pant because they can sweat and cool down. Yeah, we can do that. They can't. Yeah. It's like the original marathon runners of the time of like they just ran animals for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, that's probably our best chance. But again, like I I would agree with you that I don't think it would be a very large creature. I think the largest in terms of mass, I'm going to pick that super oversized rabbit, but I couldn't do it. Like just straight up, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Too many fond Easter memories. Just not even that. Like I, I would just feel really bad. Like very bad. I don't know you for the purposes of the question. Coming. Sorry, I didn't know you had an affinity for rabbits. I, I just couldn't do it. So <laughs> I think I will pick that as my answer for the largest mass of animal I think I could take. But I think realistically, I'm in the same boat as you. Like a a dog sized creature, sixty seventy pounds, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I'd say like sixty seventy pounds are like the top end. And no, I don't think James could beat a wolf in a fight. No, absolutely not. If James is watching, he needs to know that he cannot beat a wolf in a fight. I mean, I already told him that, but he can watch it again and hear from me. So, but yeah, so different face uh, on the show, Mr. Much Christian Roofer. Um, yeah, just basically, okay, so I'll just kind of dive into it. Um, Braden has switched career paths um he's no longer uh coaching obviously as he shared on the on the podcast before he's got a he's got a young family and priorities are shifting and i think he was looking for something a little more uh fulfilling and and meaningful and he wanted to change his his line of work and because he's changing his line of work and no longer coaching he had kind of told me i don't think it makes sense to do the podcast anymore because it's not it's not genuine and it doesn't kind of hold true to the reasons why we kind of started it, started it way back. So obviously Braden and I are still very, very good friends. Uh, I still, still see him quite often and, you know, disappointed that he's no longer able to kind of record. Uh, but I completely understand and, you know, I'm supportive of, of that decision. And so, you know, Braden, if you are listening, thank you for 60 plus great episodes that we, we've put together, it's been a lot of fun. Um, but I'm also super excited that 
him leaving doesn't mean that I need to now do the show solo and that I have Mr. Christian Proofer who is going to be able to, to join me. And Christian and I go, go way back. We've known each other for, for quite a long time. So Christian, why don't you just introduce yourself to the audience, kind of, you know, tell them whatever you want to tell them. And then we can get into our history, how we know each other, you know, the fun we've had, the, you know, all that type of stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Tommy. I appreciate the intro, man. Um, yeah. So I grew up sort of Edmonton, Alberta area, growing up there, kind of small town. And it was one of those areas you just grew up doing everything, every sport you're doing each season. So it's, you know, volleyball in the spring, then it's gonna be basketball, then it's gonna be wrestling, then it's gonna be track and field. Not that I was ever very good at track and field. So that was from my upbringing sport wise. And then I went and moved it down to, or moved to the big city to do my undergrad, the big left city. the small town into the big city of Edmonton, Alberta, did my undergrad kinesiology. And that's my first started getting introduced to this whole strength conditioning world. So I went in, wrestled the university there, had some injuries, stopped wrestling pretty quick into the university career and went to my old SNC coach. I was like, Hey, I think this SNC thing is kind of cool. Can I come check it out? Come volunteer, see what's going on. And the rest is history. I just fell in love with that idea of working with athletes in the SNC setting. Went in, finished my undergraduate at the University of Alberta, went and did a master's of strength and conditioning. And just the amount of teams I worked with expanded from there and there. So I started very much youth development, sort of 12, 14 years old. And essentially, as I got more years experience working SNC, the athletes got a couple of years older of working I was working with. So we started getting in kind of high school development, then university athletes with rugby and curling. Uh, a little bit of track and field in the high school realm. Um, and then I started working where I'm at now, moving to Victoria, BC to work with uh, Athletic Canada there. Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny how, so when I, so obviously if people haven't put two and two together, we know each other because yeah. you were finishing your undergrad when I was starting my master's at the U of A. I think I finished I my last remember. year, my undergrad. Yeah, you were first year September coach. September 2017 is when I got there. Because that's when I did my internship in Orlando. Yeah, you went down to, yeah, you went down. So you were still, yeah, you were just finishing up your undergrad. I was just starting my master's. And then, of course, we spent four years together, you know, at the U of A, living in Edmonton, whatever. And that's kind of how we got to, to know each other. But then, obviously, I leave Edmonton. Yeah. I end up in Windsor for a little bit. And now I'm at the University of Guelph working with the track and field team yeah. um, and only the track and field team, which is really nice to have only one team to work with. And now that we've separated, you're now in Victoria working with trackies through athletics Canada. So we've, we were working together kind of separate and then now we're in different locations, but we're like working with similar populations in the sense that yeah. we are both working, you were working with primarily post-collegiate national team members that are looking to compete internationally i'm working with college athletes which some of them may go on to do that type of stuff but we both ended up back in the world of track and field yeah we've ended up very tightly close back together again on opposite side of the country which is quite funny yeah so i mean that's you know i, I think that's part of the reason but also too you talked about your your internship that you yeah. did in orlando um, with USA weightlifting a little bit, like you have a big weightlifting background. Yes. Um, and I think I've mentioned you before on some of the episodes, maybe by name, maybe just by reference that you are my go-to weightlifting person. 
And by weightlifting, I mean clean snatch jerk, the actual sport of weightlifting. Proper weightlifting. Yeah, not just picking things up and putting it down, um, which you also know a lot about. But so to me, that was also like it was cool when Braden and I had started the show that we had both started in strength and conditioning, but he got pulled into the powerlifting world. And that was kind of his area of expertise. And I was in the world of track and field. And that's actually where the speed strength show title came from was me being in track and field speed and him being in powerlifting, which was all about strength. And that's how the title came about. So your weightlifting background kind of lends itself well to the fact that there's a, a track nerd and then a strength sport or strength oriented sport nerd on yeah. the show. And the two of us are kind of co-hosting this thing, doing whatever. So your weightlifting background means I didn't have to change the title of the show and we can just leave it as is. Um, well, we can't we change it to other. the speed speed show with both being in track and field. That wouldn't be, yeah. No, no, that, and depending on who you're working with, speed might not necessarily be the, the name of the game. Cause you work with a variety of event areas. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, like it was to me that you were like the first person when Braden was like, yeah, I think, you know, it's time for, for me to move on. You know, I don't think this is you know, it doesn't make sense with what I'm going to do career-wise where I was like, oh, let me call up, let me call up Proofer and see if he wants to, you know, hop aboard this train and, and see where it goes. So well, here we are now. And here we are. So yeah, I was hyped about that when you were like, yeah, man, that would be good. Cause we had so many good conversations in like in the weight room, just tossing ideas around. We tried some really wild and stupid things. Cause we were like, why not? Um, like we always had good conversations. We had a lot of fun. It was always great to pick one and one another's brains. Um, and so that's why I thought like you would be the perfect person. I know that you can bring on and, and just kind of keep the train moving in the right direction and share good ideas. And, you know, we obviously, again, have a bit of history. We're friends. We spent a lot of time in and out of the weight room uh, yeah. together. So yeah, like I felt like it was a really good, a really good fit. This is more just a continuation. I remember we did our Sunday coffee talk shop stuff where you'd get a green tea, we'd get coffees. Yeah, because I'm drinking coffee. And we would just talk yeah. about some of the ridiculous ideas we had from about training and SNC and where it goes, right? And that usually led to us just abusing our bodies in some ridiculous way in the gym. We we did some really dumb things, like looking back. Oh, gosh. Like we not, did some things that I would not, not do now. Well, you're not going to jump off two meter high boxes again, Tom? I mean, that was James's fault. To be fair, I think I was dropping off of like, what, three and a half, four foot boxes. And then James is like, you need to go higher. You need yeah, because they were your height at that point. Because you're what, 6'2"? And they were over your height no, to like at the end of it? Yeah, I, I'm 5'11", but the box, the box I was dropping off of was higher than me at one point. Because James is like, I think we were talking about the fast eccentrics. Yeah. And so it was like, you need to hit the ground with so much velocity that you can't control you basically just like drop right into a deep squat and that's the end of it. Yeah. yeah um, it's the fast, super maximally eccentric. So that's when I started doing the weight releaser stuff. Yeah. You were doing the fast eccentrics. I was doing the slow eccentrics. And then James was watching it and he's like, you're landing in like a half squat. He's like, you need to go higher. You need to go higher. You need to go higher. And then he started making fun of me if it wasn't taller than me. And so that's how that got out of control. But yeah, th those are the example of like the dumb things that we did. And now I know I would never give that to somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, thankfully, I didn't get hurt, but I would never give that to somebody to do. 
that would be in my mind that's like a final desperation we need to squeeze maybe it's your last quad we need to squeeze an extra second out of you what are we gonna do and even then maybe. i don't know maybe 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 depending on the individual and what they're like yeah so i mean but that's like just a small example of like some of the the wild things that went on the ideas we had the conversations we had and like even us like you were at the u of a but doing your masters at a school yeah. in the uk so you were getting to pick your like pick brains of people that were on like the other side of the pond like we just had so many different people that we were interacting with that we were able to bring so many different ideas together like you said those sunday afternoon kind of coffee shop meetups with with some of the staff and some of the people that like i really enjoyed that that type of stuff and so like i still wanted to do the show i still wanted to you know record a, to me this is a really good tool for learning things sharing ideas how do you present ideas how do you you know filter and decide on information that you want to use mm -hmm. so i wanted to obviously continue it but I wanted, I didn't want it to be a solo project. I wanted to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. And that's why I think it, like, I'm really excited that, you know, again, I'm disappointed that I'm no longer doing it with Braden and have him on the show. But I'm also really excited that bringing on somebody new, that's going to have new ideas and new backgrounds. And you've done very different things over the last couple of years since we've kind of parted ways in Edmonton and not been working at the same space. Um, so like, it's going to be really fun, I think, to talk about some topics and share all the new things that we've, we've learned and encountered. I think that's going to be really, really fun. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I'm super excited, man. When I think about the times in my career where I've had like the most growth and development, it's always been somewhere with a group of S&C coaches. And this essentially functions the same way of, it's just two S&C coaches bouncing ideas off each other, right? When we were at the U of A, you know, there was how many of us? Six S&C coaches. Oh, there, yeah. There so the ideas that would come through from the different perspectives of guys who were more return to play, more jump sport, more skating-based sports, like the ideas were always so different. And the perspectives were always slightly twisted. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and you got to hear kind of the same thing presented differently or right. the different lens. Like when we talked about when we had those staff meetings on Friday. Yeah. And there was like a topic that came up and everybody kind of had a different spin or a different take on the same thing. And then you're sitting there going, yeah, like I, I've never thought about it that way, but that's probably because of the, the sports I work with or the background I have. And it's like, but that's a good idea. I like that. I'm going to consider that when I'm implementing whatever type of training or whatever exercise moving forward. Once well, understanding, you know, the context that you're working at Guelph is different than the context you work at the U of A with track. And like my context in Victoria, where I'm working with groups of eight people, is going to be different from when I worked at the high school in Edmonton. I had groups of 70 people. How I take the same piece of information is vastly different because the groups I'm applying it with are vastly different. Exactly. And so, and, and we had like, obviously before we've started recording, we had a few conversations and we were chatting and like, even right now I'm looking at the list. I have it on my checklist on my desk here like and looking at some of the topics it's like this is going to be a lot of fun to dive into oh yeah some of the stuff and i'm excited to hear you know kind of your thoughts and your perspectives and what you've had shared with you throughout you know the time now you're working with different coaches and mm -hmm. in victoria the, the people you've worked with and had collaboration with uh, in the uk with your masters and stuff like that and some of the cool part of 
this too is that we're both working in the sport of track and field now so some of these like i have this idea maybe this would work maybe this wouldn't to some extent we both might be able to try some of these ideas and like kind of come back and be like how did it work for you how did it work for me working with the same sport in different contexts what what worked what didn't work i think that'll be one of the cool things too is that we might have more like tangible takeaways in yep. terms of trialing and most likely erroring things it's not even a word but you know what i mean what we're <laughs> going to be able to try i think some of the ideas that we have now that we're working with populations in the same sport which oh, I absolutely think is it makes really what cool we try well. a little bit more tangible a little bit more comparable right which is always exciting and even though our track groups are going to be very dissimilar they're probably more similar than they are different from that side of things well especially yeah because at the end of the day it's like the, the demands of the sport don't change no whether you are a college kid whether you are a international level athlete whether you are you know para sport high school sport doesn't matter long jump is still jump as far as you can yeah. sprints are still get from a to b as quick as you can throwing is still launch the implement in the air for the farthest distance possible the demands of the sport don't change but maybe how people go about performing that is a little different yeah that's will be fun we're almost tommy we can almost do our phds on this podcast here if we're not careful do, do you think that would count can someone go back not. and and review footage and just here you go here's a phd and make it a lot yeah, easier. Our methods well have a good process randomized that's not going to happen no definitely not well we could be the first podcast to earn a phd i would love to do a phd as an aside I, oh yeah absolutely i would i, would yeah, I need to, to work one. for a while here but yeah i would i would really like to do one um but i mean that would be a a future down the road topic for the, the episode but yeah i mean that would be that to me yeah there's like I said, there's a lot of things I'm really excited for uh, kind of moving forward with with this. And like I said, I was super stoked that you wanted to do that. And I think it was a good way to, you know, one of the reasons Braden and I started this, this was like, what, two months after the pandemic hit that Braden and I kind of got this rolling. And it was partially, too, because we were stuck at home with with nothing to do. So it was a way that we could stay in touch with other coaches and stay sharp. And at that time to kind of share ideas of what are you doing for training with the limitations we have mm -hmm. where we don't have access to the, the sporting or the lifting environments we normally do. And part of it too, though, was I was stuck in Edmonton. He was stuck in Waterloo. It was a way that we were able to connect and communicate consistently and spend some time together, even though we were in different locations. And now, like you said, we were both together in Edmonton. We would have never done something like this in Edmonton because, yeah, we just oh. go down the street and meet up for coffee or something like that. But now that you're in Victoria, now that I'm in Guelph, we're, like you said, basically on other ends of the, the country. It's a good way for us to, you know, kind of weekly or biweekly stay in touch and share ideas and continue to, to learn and grow from one another. So I think that's part of the one of the cool things, too, about it is it's a way for us to still still consistently connect even though we're in geographically very different places oh absolutely and the thing about this that i really enjoy is it's a way for us to connect and talk shop and talk s and c which we both genuinely enjoy doing with each other already but it's also a piece of 
like the example you gave of we were still in Edmonton, we probably wouldn't do this. We would have done what's comfortable, right? We went to the coffee shop. Safe. Or maybe we would have recorded in your living room. Who knows? Oh my God. Just slap exactly. the mic in the middle of the table and just put the record cor- the camera happens. in the corner of the room. Yeah. But we the thing about that. that I really enjoy is it's almost an uncomfortable way, especially for me now coming into this whole podcasting for the first time. You've been doing this for three years. You're a little bit more comfortable with it. But this is definitely a way to challenge my ideas and my knowledge base and put it out there in a way of like, let's see what kind of comes back, right? In terms of who challenges or disagrees. And so it's professional development com- communication, but almost with a broader scope and a broader scale of people, which is definitely uncomfortable in a way that's going to challenge my growth. Because I need to be very confident, very sure about my ideas and how I communicate them out there. Yeah, it's a huge, and, and we had talked a little bit about this. Like I probably wasn't fully comfortable until we were like 10 to 15 episodes yeah. in. Because like you said, for the first time, you're kind of putting an idea out there. You're putting it on the internet. Man, the internet's a dangerous place. You don't know what you're getting. Like, just scroll through social media, strength and conditioning, and you'll see what a wild and wacky world. Oh. Like, it, it really is. And so, yeah, like, there is a degree of, like, growth and learning that comes from, okay, I need to be confident enough in my ideas and how I formulate my thoughts to put them out for almost anybody to then judge it or pick it apart or come back and say, you are wrong. And yeah, there is a degree of growth and confidence that you, you get from that. It's a, it's a scary first step. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why me and Braden started this mm-hmm. as well. Like we knew we were behind in terms of the, the podcast game in the sense of like this podcast will probably never blow up and be, you know, millions of listeners because we, we just missed the boat. Everybody had podcasts out at, at, at the time. And it wasn't necessarily like we were trying to quit our day jobs and become podcast hosts for a living. But like you said, it was a good way to challenge yourself in terms of how do we put ideas out there. And yeah, like I can speak for myself because we've done a number of episodes now that I definitely feel more confident in the way that I deliver ideas and present concepts to, to people and, and doing that at the time in conjunction with teaching at the university, yeah. I found the two of those things fed off of each other very, very well. Like there were things that I learned from presenting in the podcast that I was then taking in with me to a formal setting in the classroom. And then there were things that I was l- learning in the classroom as a instructor or teacher and then bringing into the podcast. And yeah, like, I think I'm definitely better off for it. Um, so yeah, like, I definitely think that that will, that will happen. And again, it'll probably take you 10, 15 episodes to ignore the fact that there's like a microphone in front of your face and almost every word that you say and every sentence you put together could be judged and, oh yeah, you know, picked apart. It does take a little bit of a while for that feeling to, to go away and just kind of like naturally just, here's what I'm thinking. And I, I, I don't care what people think in terms of like shunning any potential negativity or anything like that. Yeah. And the challenge is figuring out, okay, this is the idea. I've got to communicate it concisely because we've got such a finite period of time of an hour. I can't ramble too long. So I got to come in prepared and very much, I'm going to say A, B, C, this is the idea. Get it out there. Have it make yeah. sense without having to go down too many rabbit holes of, 
oh yeah, this, that, and whatever, which is so easy when you're face to face, right? Oh yeah, and you go off in tangents and like whatever. Yeah, like it's it's very it's very different. But like I said, for me personally, I found a lot of a lot of growth, and I think I'm better off as a coach and as a educator and instructor. You know, whatever you want to call it, I I definitely think I'm better off for that now that I've I've been doing this. And like I said, it it's not going to be by my day job by any means, but it's 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 re- it's a really great tool for personal growth as yeah. a like I said as a coach and a communicator. Well, then it's just you're developing with other coaches out there, right? Guests we're going to bring on, they're going to bring their own ideas as well. It's just a great way to expand networks and continue to learn and put out information out there for other people to be like, oh, yeah, I'll pick this up. I'll learn from that. I've always wanted to listen to this guest talk. It's another opportunity yeah. for them yeah. to share their knowledge and promote their knowledge. There's a lot of great coaches out there that don't, they're doing awesome things that you never know existed. Exactly. So it's nice to have a platform to sort of bring some of those things to light and give some shine to people who are doing awesome stuff in the world that most coaches would have no idea who they are. And the other thing, I don't know if there's any truth to this. This would be an absolute theory. But to me, if you like randomly reached out to a coach and said, hey, can we set up an hour conversation and talk about whatever? They, They might do it. They might not. I feel like the odds of, hey, do you want to come on this podcast and share your ideas? People are probably more likely to like if if we emailed some strangers or reached out on social media like a coach that we don't know personally at all and we're mm-hmm. like hey we really like your ideas your concepts do you want to come on the show and share your ideas somehow i feel like that's more like it's of greater interest to people they'd be like yeah i'd rather come on a podcast and share my ideas and just yeah we'll hop on a zoom call and yeah we can talk about it so I think there there is the benefit too of we may get some access to people down the road where, hey, do you want to come on the show and, and share your ideas and share your knowledge? We'd love to have you on. And I think they'd be more likely to say yes to that than just, hey, you want to hop on a Zoom call with us for an hour and tell us what you know. Yeah. And I think there's, like you said, the benefit of that because now you're bringing different people from around the the country or the globe in the coaching community and and giving them a platform to share their ideas. So like, yeah, all that stuff I think is like super relevant. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's one of those things that just it promotes that knowledge base. Right. And it's some of those things that's so, it's so easy to get caught up in one little bubble. of like, this is how I think this is the knowledge I know. And the more people can put their stuff out there, like not only does it benefit the broader coaching listening group, but it's also going to benefit us as coaches. It's also going to benefit them as presenters or guests on the podcast. So they can say, hey, I'm an expert in X topic. So then people who listen go, oh, I'm having this issue and this. Oh, I remember Tommy and Christian had that guy on or that girl on about that topic. Oh, I'm going to reach out to them and go get my issue fixed or go pick their brain on. Yeah, like you said, there's just so many good people out there doing good work in the coaching community, which is, I think, unfortunately overshadowed by a larger majority of people that probably aren't doing as good a job. Um, And, you know, but social media dictates what, you know, gets a lot of exposure and what doesn't. And I think more often than not, I think the really, really great coaches 
aren't necessarily the ones with, you know, 50 million followers mm-hmm. on a, you know, a Twitter account or, you know, w- w- Instagram or something like that. So like you said, to give people a platform to kind of share their ideas. And yeah, like I said, I'm like looking at the list, the topics, the guests we could bring in, all that stuff. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of really, really good conversations, a lot of things we can learn and a lot of ways that we're going to probably a year from now be like, oh, why was I thinking A, B, and C before? Like this other way of doing it or this method or this idea is just so much better, but we didn't have exposure to that knowledge or, you know, access to it before. And through conversation, through bringing guests on, things like that, you you, you grow and now you have more tools in the toolbox. And yeah, you, and this and you, next you challenge your known truths. You think, yeah. oh, this is true. And then you hear a different perspective and you're like, mm, okay, that's a good point to consider. Oh, absolutely. No one makes you second guess what you thought about a certain topic than bringing an expert on about them. You're like, yeah, I had a lot of assumptions that were probably not correct on that topic. Whether or not you're on like the right track, it can really derail your sort of thought process and go like, wow, I really don't know much about that idea or that thought. Yeah, and it's, and it's a way to almost force yourself to stay up to date with that, with yeah. those those types of things. Because I think it's really easy for us to just day-to-day do your coaching. You know, there there's a degree of like effort and intent that you have to put into, okay, I'm going to read topics on this paper or I'm going to seek out presentations or conversations on certain things. It's not easy to challenge what you think you know. No. Like it, it takes time and effort. And I think doing something like this is a great way that we constantly throughout the year, throughout our, our time that we're coaching to continue to challenge our thought process and how we do things and, and grow and get better. And yeah, it's because otherwise, like, I don't know how else I would do it if it wasn't through, this is the platform I found now that works best for me for that. Yeah. Um, But I don't know how else I would maybe go about doing that. And And it's a good way for me to, yeah, it's a good way for me to get out of the day-to-day coaching trap Yeah, and you recycle the same programs all the time because this worked. I'm just going to keep using it. Yeah. It breaks up the knot a little bit. Like you said, it brings that intent to the learning, which is nice because you're going to talk about this topic. Like you can't skim the topic and have an hour discussion about it. You have to know to a very deep level about X topic to have an hour conversation that you're going to post onto the podcast into the internet. So it definitely, like you said, I think the intent about behind the learning is the biggest piece where it's, okay, I wouldn't know my stuff. If I'm going to have a conversation around this. I can't just go in shooting from the hip saying sort of loosely accurate ideas about this topic. Yeah. And like one of the things that popped into my mind when Braden and I did the three-parter on aerobic training, and like he really wanted to do that and i was like man i don't care about aerobic training at all like i like i know it's important in some aspects and i don't work with i mean i I do now um work with endurance athletes but even then like 800 1500 meter running like that is still like the guys and girls who run those events can still rip it's not slow by any means Um, we're not talking about like 130 hour ultra marathon or anything like that. We're talking about still things happening very, very quickly. And so just my biases coming from the speed power background, 
working in strength and conditioning. I'm like, yeah, whatever, aerobic system. Like, I know enough to do, you know, what we need to do in training to be aerobically fit. But Braden really wanted to do that episode. And I thought, you know what? This is going to be good for me to read and develop some ideas on a topic I probably would have otherwise just ignored. Yeah. And I get it. You can't explore. There's more topics than we have time and episodes to to go into but that was a it was a good exercise for me to go through and challenge some notions and come up with some new ideas on how do I tackle aerobic training what does it really mean you know how can it potentially benefit athletes that aren't in aerobic aerobically demanding sports that was one yeah. of the ones that stuck out to me is like okay this is a good a good thing for me to step out of my comfort zone and challenge me in a a good way. I'm by no means an aerobic expert. I am not a cross country coach or a long distance cycling coach or anything like that. But it was a, a a good way to challenge my thought process and my biases towards something that yeah. I otherwise would have left probably unchallenged for the duration of my coaching career. I would have never bothered. Nah. Again, I'd be like, whatever, it doesn't interest me. But I was forced to with the show. And I'm glad that we, we did that because there were some good ideas that I took yeah. out of it with some of the readings and the ideas that he'd shared with me. And so I'm sure we'll encounter some topics like that where it's like, yeah, okay. We maybe don't want to do this, but we should let's challenge yeah. ourselves and, and see what we can, we can get out of it. Well, yeah, it's a great way to expand your knowledge base. Cause it's something you're not really all that interested in. And especially I feel like in a strength conditioning world, the analogy I heard that I love a lot is you got like the S and C coach. A lot of S and C coaches are a big S and a little C. Some are a big C and a little less. Yeah, Some there's, sort not of... a, there's not actually a good balance, I think, when I No, and I think I it really think just depends it. on the population you're working with. And you use the analogy of a middle distance, which is really good. They're incredibly fast twitch, but they're also running over 100 kilometers a week when middle distance 850 folks. Yeah. And with that, though, like, yes, the aerobic training is a huge component of what they do. We as the SNC coach generally aren't doing that at all. No, it's a sport coach. And a lot of team sports, even, you know, if I'm going to give you two hours a week to work with a team sport, aerobically, the, the trade-off is not very, very refined, right? So if you got two hours a week, okay, if I'm going to do aerobic adaptations, I need, that's going to eat a huge chunk of that two hours. A lot of coaches will default go to that strength side of that SNC coach. Because they go, okay, this is the biggest bang for our buck in the time. And they get a lot of conditioning. They can do it on the pitch. They can do it on a weekend on their own. It's not very technical. And that's sort of a bias a lot of SNC coaches look at because most SNC coaches tend to be gym folks, typically yeah. speaking. And it's definitely a good way to challenge that and go, okay, like aerobic training isn't just go for a long jog on your Saturday. It's there's nuance behind it in terms of how it's described and done and how the intensity is and how it's executed, especially. And that was yeah. a big piece. I just learned being up at altitude and Flagstaff for the last 10 days was execution behind the training is one of the most important pieces. And, and, and that's what I mean. So it was, a, that's the first example when you were talking about like growth and challenging and that's probably the most like vivid example I have of the podcast so far yeah. where it was like, yeah, I would have otherwise never, yeah, you run around on the field, you run around in your sport, you get conditioning, you're cross training, you're doing whatever. I don't need to bother with that. Or the athletes I'm actually coaching both because some athletes I work with, I coach technically on the track. 
Okay. And then I coach strength conditioning wise in the weight room. I go, well, you know, whatever you run the 60 hurdles. I'm not sending you for hundred K worth of running volume a week. So what does it matter? And so again, that was the best example of probably the biggest thing that's like, okay, yeah, challenge yourself with that, with that thinking. And so I'm looking forward to some of the, you know, the conversations we can have around, you know, maybe weightlifting, for example, there's probably some good knowledge and good pieces that you have for me that will challenge my current biases and, you know, the way that I think about that. And I'm sure there's going to be some other topics that both of us are like, okay, we should probably do this. This will be good for us. Uh, and we'll be better for it at the, you know, the conclusion of putting those episodes together being like, yeah, man, I'm, we, we learned a lot. Like, I'm glad we did that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's, and that's what this is all about, right? It's just bringing ideas to the table and having conversations about them and expanding our biases or our pre understandings of certain knowledge areas. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to kind of talk about? I'm sure stuff is going to come out as we start recording, like in terms of like what we've actually done together. Um, you know, no, I think that really covers most of our bases for the our first episode together here. And we'll just kind of keep going and people keep figuring out who we are. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I might add is that like we did, I guess, technically work directly together a little bit with some of the development track and field athletes at the U of A. Yes. Right. For, like, we did work year. for a couple yeah, of years had, there. Yeah. We had worked like actually together. Because other than that, I don't think we had any like joint coaching projects. We were always working with different different groups in the same space it was always working together adjacent sort of situation where it's i'm in the weight room with this team you're in the weight room with that team so yeah. we're coaching and collaborating together but not working on the same group yeah as well, i think that was the only group that we actually directly worked yeah together with with the exception of one-offs where it was like this group is coming in for one day we need two coaches to run them through stuff and it might have been the two of us that were we're doing that. But yeah, that was the only project I remember that we both worked on together, if I'm correct. Yeah, I believe you're right on that one. Okay. So that was the only thing I was like, oh yeah, we did technically work together with the, with the development track and field kids. But other than that, yeah, it was always, like you said, coaching adjacently in the, the same space. So, but yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. It'll be good. I'm also excited that you're a big music fan too. Oh, of we, I mean, we could go on for hours about the playlist we had in that weight room, the music that we, that we had, you know, big music fan yourself. Anyone who listens to the show knows I'm a big music fan. That was my idea to put the little music segment at the end, because that was, you know, something that I, is near and dear to my heart. I love my music. I'm passionate about that. And we share a little bit of, you know, musical interest and in the EDM uh, kind of category. So Christian, what you got for me? I need a new, oh, I need something new. And I know you're always diving into the EDM. You probably got something good for me to go listen to. I've got some good stuff for you to check out. So it's not, it's not like an artist putting out new music by sort of traditional standards. Do you remember the big booty mixes we listened to in the weight room? I, you know what? They found their way into Guelph's weight room too. 
I hear I hear it. I think they're on what volume like 21 now or something. They've just keep. I'm shocked it's only the 20s. They should be well into the 30s and 40s. At this yeah, point. they they keep putting them out. So yes, I'm. Yeah. I remember that and I'm still familiar with it. So similar but better. There's a there's a DJ out of Toronto. I think he's out your way again. They're always from Toronto. I feel like every EDM artist in Canada is from Toronto. Center of the universe, right? Toronto. Of course, naturally, best city in the world. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> But, that was sarcasm, uh, by the way, for anyone who's listening and can't visually see our reactions to. I've spent two days in Toronto and I never want to go back. Man, I'm from close to the GTA and I avoid Toronto at all costs. Yeah. But so with this new, uh, this DJ out of Toronto that I found out, his name's Sick Kick. Very similar to the big booty mixes. He, just, he functions on YouTube almost exclusively. Okay. But he puts out these mixes on YouTube. I think he's up to nine or eight or something like that. Okay. But he also does like artist mixes. So he'll do like a Sean, like a five minute Sean Paul mix. Oh, could you imagine? Or like a five minute Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide himself mix. Oh, that would be that would be a good one. That would be They're a good amazing. One. He does an excellent job. He'll put some of his own vocals in the mixes as well. Like he does some singing and he's incredibly talented. Yeah. So go check out Sick Kick and some of his mixes. He's got some original music as well. Awesome guy to listen to. If you want some something different on the EDM side and you can just put it on and listen to a mix. Fantastic. It's probably a crowd pleaser too, right? If there's yeah. like arguments in the gym about what to throw on, if I just threw on one of those mixes, everyone would be like, oh, okay, all right, we're good. Yeah, I'm into this. I'm supposed to see him twice live now, and I've missed both opportunities too, and I'm very angry about it. Oh, that's too bad. Okay, I'm going to definitely have to, I'm going to have to check that out then. I knew, I knew you'd deliver on that. Yeah, check him out. Like He's Chris, awesome. And it's Chris, just all on YouTube, a little bit on Spotify. Yeah, so it's easy access too. Oh, super easy. If you can tolerate the YouTube ads, you're fine. Yeah, that's fair. And if, or and if he's got some stuff on Spotify too, then you can avoid that and and whatever. So, okay, I'll definitely have to check that out. You you yeah. have you have never sent me in a bad direction with your musical suggestions. It's always been, hey, listen to this, and it's like, yeah, okay, this yeah. this is good. Keep playing it. Add it to the playlist. Add, add it, to add the it on to this. What's been hit up on the Guelph weight room there recently, Tommy? What's going on out that way? Oh, I mean, I'm not allowed to control the the, the music at all. I've been banished. Um, you put on too much metal? Which is fine. No, I think people are afraid I'm going to do that. And they should be, because I would. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't get control of the music there, but that's fine. Um, I got one for you. I heard on the radio the other, the other day. So you probably have never heard of the, the artist absinthe no so they're a synth wave artist okay um you know me i love my synth wave and so they got a distinct kind of like plucking guitar sound that they go that they they layer into um into the music there's the one song uh wanting more and Mm -hmm. has a very distinct guitar riff and then of course you remember the phantoms always oh fantastic duo and there was the song i heard on the radio called fire for you by cannons i don't know if cannons is an individual artist i don't know if she is part of a group i'm not 100 percent sure this song was an it was the atmospheric kind of electronic sound in the background of the phantoms yeah with that like distinct kind of synth wavy plucky guitar layered on top it it sounds like a phantom song like it sounds like the two of those things came together and i was like 
man, I love both these artists. I think their music is really good. I actually thought it was probably one of them. And I was like, the Phantoms on the radio? Absent on the radio? What? And no, it was this different song. So Fire for You by Cannons. I think you'd really like it. And I think you're instantly going to hear it and be like, you're going to hear the Phantoms type influence in it. Some um, of that trancey sort of background. Yeah. Yeah, it's very chill. It's very, like, it's got this good vibe to it. I I love that song. And I didn't share it on any of the other previous episodes, but now that we're doing this together, I'm like, this is the perfect song to be like, yo, you got to go listen to this, because I think you would. I think yeah. you would like it. Probably too chill for a weight room playlist. That's but what I was thinking. Can... Phantoms isn't exactly what gets you going for a hard workout. Yeah, but you would definitely like it. Like, I think this is a song that you would it'll end up on a playlist for you somewhere. I'm pretty positive. So I'm excited yeah. to check it out. That's that's that's, I think it'll be a good one for you. Yeah. I'm excited to check that out and add it to the list there. Well, I have a whole playlist now to add. I gave you oh, one yeah. song. You gave me multiple playlists of multiple songs. You're gonna be going on a rabbit hole here, Tommy now for a little bit. Uh, I mean, we're used to that. Next episode, I'll have to get your synopsis on what, uh, what your take was. Yeah, this could quickly turn into a music review. One episode, you share music. The next episode, you review the music. And then you share music. And then you review the music. Hey, you know, whatever happens, happens, right? We're just here. We're recording, having a good time. And roll with it, right? Roll with the punches. See how it goes. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, yeah. Brain and I had an, int- an intro-outro thing that we always did, I think we'll develop that naturally as we start recording more episodes and doing whatever. So I think today we'll just go with a pretty basic sign off. Um, but I'm sure we'll find some sort of, you know, unique to us sign off that, uh, that we can start using here moving forward. So yeah, that's everything I got for, for today. And any, any, any final thoughts you want to share? No, I love. Uh, thanks for putting me on the cup, putting on, putting me on the podcast here. And I'm excited for us to get going into it, man. I'm excited to actually do more conversations around SEC topics and uh, get this ball rolling a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, thanks to all the viewers, thanks to all the the listeners. Um, always appreciate your support and looking forward to kind of this new chapter, um, in in what we're doing. And yeah, so thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for for coming along. Sorry there wasn't a lot of, you know, super brand new coaching knowledge that came out of this one, but good intro episode to kind of break the ice and get going and and really looking forward to kind of where the the show is going to go. So thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to all the uh, the viewers. Thanks for coming along and we'll see you next time.